Welcome to the Carveline Tech Service Podcast, the go-to industrial coatings podcast. Here are your hosts, Jack Walker and Paula Jamis. Hey, Jack. What? Jack. What? Are you there? What? You remember what we're doing? Huh? Can you remember any of this? No, I forgot. I I figured that that's what was going to happen. You've been out of tech service for all of four days now? I used to work in tech service. Who put this food in my mouth? It's gone. <laughs> when do we get ice cream? All right, for real. If anybody can name that movie, I will give them a Carboline Tech Service Podcast hard hat. The quote is, when did we get ice cream? You do that, you're all right by me, and I will give you a thing. Guarantee you, not a single listener of the Carboline Tech Service Podcast. Yes, I am throwing it down right now. Not a <laughs> single listener of the Carboline. Do you even know what movie that's from? No, I don't. No, and and probably like four people do. Yeah, because uh, yeah, all four of them who watched it, huh? Should, should I give it a clue? It, well, no, no, don't we, give it a clue yet. Give it a week. Give a week and then we give another clue? Give and you give a clue. But then I end up giving up a hard hat. That's okay. We got a couple. Do you know what next week is? Is next week our two-year-old, two-year two anniversary? Year. Yeah, so 100. There's 52 weeks in a year. So then four weeks later is our two-year anniversary. How did you get there? You skipped a step in the math. You're not allowed to do that. You have to show your work. <laughs> nope. That was always my problem. <laughs> I remember the Farside, good friend in college who had a Farside t-shirt, and it was a real complicated math problem. And then at the bottom of the screen was the answer. And in the middle, it just said, then a miracle occurs. <laughs> like, that's kind of how I got through a lot of calculus. I did make it to calculus. I started to say I didn't make it to calculus. You made it to it. Did you make it through it? Barely. Okay. That's when my math brain quit on me. Yeah, well, I've been there. It was just like... I had gotten A's in every math class I had ever taken, and then calculus happened. Yep. And not only did I not understand calculus, it made me forget all of the other math that I had learned previously because, to calculus. Well, it's not really related to the rest of it. It's kind of its own thing all together. I mean, one plus one is sometimes still two. Yeah. Yeah. In theory. How do they get hold of us, Paul, to tell me what that movie is from? Once again, setting confusion. <laughs> when did we get ice cream and no kate rogers walker you are eliminated from competition <laughs> i would love though to see dylan call in and tell us i don't think dylan's allowed to see this movie oh, yet. okay oh so wait no clue no way he is because he is 13 okay so that was the clue no more clues on all right i won't ask you any more questions so yeah they can reach us at technical service at carboline.com you know what the best part about that is is you got a mouse in your pocket us yeah. I'm not on that email anymore. I'll I'll put you back on it. <laughs> I will leave you in. <laughs> in fact, I think I did leave you in that one. I took you out of all the other ones. Because so that I... one you have to go access. Oh, yeah. So I might as well. Yeah. Not be on it. Right. Yeah. But that way, if I tell you, hey, there's something in there for the podcast, you can go look at it. Sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. So enough rambling. <laughs> Let's uh, get on like today's I, topic. Like yeah. I said, he's out of tech service for four days and his mind has already gone. So I was threatened that if that happened. <laughs> that if you thought too much, you'd be no, kicked no, out of marketing? No, not that. <laughs> no, my old boss. I almost feel like I have an HR, you know, HR-able offense here. Like, uh, 
Is that a word? HRable? You're See, that's what that's now, what I do is. here. Yeah, no, I just sell it. <laughs> sell it. It's a good word. I made it up. Works. It's my word. Yeah. I own it. It's patented. I think you can Done. have it. HRable. Probable. Probable. <laughs> We're gonna do something kind of a little bit different because we've talked adjacently to these topics, but we haven't actually talked about these topics. We're going to take a look at a couple case studies. One happened recently and one happened probably within my first month at that job I used to work at. What was that called again? I forget. So Jack's referring to tech service. <laughs> so anyway, do you want to go old or new first? Let's go old. Okay. Let's go old. You can start it off. I received a phone call on our loop about a failure that was happening. I want to be careful to use that word because when you realize once we get to the end of this, there was not a paint failure going on. But I, I got a phone call about a paint failure in a tank uh, for one of our customers. You've now, got a tank that has rust showing through. Correct. On the phone, it's always hard to, to try because we're not there. We can't see. Yeah. Luckily, though, somewhere in the last 20 years, somebody put a phone and, you know. Put a uh, camera on a phone. Put a camera on a phone. So now most of us have a camera in our pocket. Yep. Not my brother-in-law because he's a weirdo. But... <laughs> Um, yeah, I said that if you don't have a smartphone, <laughs> I think it's 2019. And your brother won't hear this because if he doesn't have a cell phone with a camera, he He's not doesn't listen to podcasts, podcasts either. Yeah, no. So anyway, I got the guy to send me some pictures and I noticed several things about the tank. The walls were coated, but the floor of the tank was not. I'm betting that there's two people out there who already have the answer. We're getting closer. The corrosion was centralized near the bottom of the walls. And as I begin to look at this, it started to look like there was an overcoat situation because as I looked where the paint was actually coming off of the wall, there appeared to be another coat behind it. However, that wasn't really where the corrosion was. And this corrosion is bad. The level, and, and we'll put this picture up on social media, but the level of orange and rust associated with this yeah, and it's it's heavy corrosion. Yeah. And it's pinpoint, like, that spread. That spread. You can tell it started mm-hmm. in a spot and spread out across the whole, the whole surface there. What really had me stumped the entire time was, why is the part of the metal that's coated the part that's corroding? And the cargo was fairly benign, not anything that was going to drive major corrosion. And the more and more I stared at this picture... I was just like, why is it corroding behind the coating? Now, for some of you who are going to wonder, yes, we're looking at pictures. Everything appears and at the time proved out to have good adhesion. There was yeah. no adhesion problems. There was no intercoat delamination problems. The areas where you had any uh, imperfections or rough areas had all been stripe coated. Sure. Everything looks like it had been scrub striped in good brush coating over all those areas and then you know the new coating applied over it there doesn't seem to be pinholes any any of nope. the things that you would normally attribute to a failure and, and you know we probably could do a whole episode on failure analysis i think i think we have we've done parts of an episode on it but i think we did it like oh, two we? times well i'm gonna do that thing now where i humble brag We've done 102 episodes. You expect me to remember all of them? So do you want to go back to the ones that uh, Bill Sewell was our guest on? No, we don't want to put Bill in the spot. No, no, no. We won't bring him like on yet. Yeah, yeah. Just, just you can go back and listen to those episodes. There you go. There's your keyword search, Sewell. But then it finally dawned on me after staring at these pictures for hours. 
and asking all my other tech service engineers. And we all got to a point where we were just like, maybe aliens landed in this tank and (laughs) placed some rust there. And then it finally dawned on me. And I called back the materials engineer of the company and said, what's the floor of that tank made out of? And that's where we realized we had a dissimilar metal problem. That's exactly what this turned out to be. What we're seeing is the difference between a... So it was so long ago, I can't entirely tell you what the two metals were. I believe one was carbon steel, and that's what we coated, and the other one was stainless. Because in theory, the idea stainless steel doesn't need to be coated for the cargo... Right. That was in this tank. That was in this tank was a good one. Right. If the entire tank was made out of stainless steel, we would not have seen this problem. Correct. But in this case, the walls were carbon steel, the floor stainless steel. So what we're seeing is the more active steel is corroding. So in that case, that is the carbon steel is the one that would be corroding before the stainless steel. Now, why does this work? If you go back, we talked about the corrosion cell in a previous episode, and I actually believe that was one that Billum was on. And the way it works is the more active the metal, that one will corrode when it's in contact with a metal that's not as active. Right. So we're talking about the less active ones are usually called more noble. Okay. And so we have the more noble metals. And when you just look at a chart generically, you know, gold is one of the most noble ones we have. Silver, stainless steel, nickel, and I'm, I'm listing these as they become more active. Bronze and copper. And then you get into, as you move your way down, carbon steel, aluminum, zinc, magnesium. Where on a typical chart of metals that we see in the coating industry, that zinc, aluminum, and magnesium are the most active metals that we typically deal with. And if you go back to our episode with uh, Bass Engineering right. and go back to some of the other ones, you'll notice that the aluminum, zinc, and magnesium are the ones that are typically used for cathodic protection. All right, it's that time again. It's everybody's favorite part of the Carbolane Tech Service podcast, or I will say of life. It's bill paying time. Every Everybody likes paying bills, right? Well, you know, something like that. They like having them paid. Lots of money, no money. Anyway, so every month we bring you a commercial where we talk about one of the Carboline products. And this month is a brand new product from Carboline that we're both very excited about. It's the Plasite 4550 HT. The 4550 HT is a 98% solids Novolac epoxy. One of the great things that we have done with this product, we left the blush out. This is a plurally applied Novolac that truly, like, the application properties are amazing and it cures down to 20F. Another great feature of this product is it has extremely high temperature resistance. Now that's dry temperature resistance. It's resistant up to 350 degrees Fahrenheit. And just in our application work as we were doing it, this product sprays like a dream. It really does. If you have been having challenges with the high solids Novolac, we highly encourage you to check out the brand new Plasite 4550HT. That all relates here. So basically, this tank and its design was had its own cathodic protection. Yes. It just so happens that 
the anode that sacrificed itself was, was the wall. Was the wall of the <laughs> tank. Yeah. That the floor what would eventually happen is the floor of the tank would be there significantly longer as the walls of the tank would continue to sacrifice themselves. The coating isn't going to stop that because it's happening under the coating. The coatings a lot of times are performing what we call barrier protection. Right. And that's as simple as it sounds. There's a barrier between what can cause corrosion and what's going to corrode. Right. And in one of these pictures that I know you had said you're going to put this up on social media, you can see where the rust is happening behind the paint. As the paint peels off, it reveals a rusted surface or a corroded surface. And that corrosion is caused by this dissimilar metal that traveled up from the floor up into the wall of the tank. Mm -hmm. And it's accelerated because that dissimilar metal situation is an accelerated corrosion cell. This effect right here that we're seeing is the same reason why most coating companies require an SP10 surface prep because that removes all of the mill scale that's on the surface. And mill scale will do the same thing. Mill scale is going to be more active towards the carbon steel and it's going to start a corrosion cell. And right there, you're going to have a spot where you have a, a rapid enough transfer and you're going to end up with these little micro corrosion cells which grow and get bigger and then eventually you have a problem. Absolutely. So that's that particular case study at a 10,000 foot view. Let's take a, a quicker look. We had one recently yeah. that actually we were both involved in. And I'll be honest, I completely missed this concept. I tried to solve it with a coating. So go ahead. Well, and I looked at it and said, how can I get myself out of this as fast as possible? <laughs> Is that something you want on record? <laughs> well, and really what it was, we were looking at, it was a stainless steel tank and it was a over the road transport vessel. And so the tank is used in and out of service, but it was used for the same service over and over again. And the commodity that they were putting in the tank, and the tank was unlined. There was no paint, the, no paint or no lining on the inside of this tank. Correct. At, over time, they were seeing corrosion to the point of metal loss on the weld areas. Well, now that we've already talked about dissimilar metals, it's a natural jump. But there were several emails back and forth before I finally came down to it and I said, hey, why is it only on the welds? What kind of welding material are they using on this stainless steel tank? Now, I don't know that we've gotten the full story on this one yet, but they stopped asking us for our input. Well, so yeah, let's, let's take a little look at that. What is welding material made out of? Metal! Yes. And That's what I'm looking. It's what does a metal tech detector detect? Right, detects metal. Yep. <laughs> so welding is made out of metal. So when you have a stainless steel, which is a very, as we learned, we talked about the galvanic series. And if you want to see the galvanic series, go to good old Mr. Google, yep. put galvanic series, and you'll get tons of results. Stainless steel is very noble. Yeah. It doesn't take much to be more active. More active than stainless. Right. And I don't even know if they make a stainless steel welding material because I'm not a welder. And I don't claim to be either, but I do believe they have ones that are designed to use for stainless steel. I don't even claim to be a tech service engineer anymore. Yeah. See, it just keeps going back. It's like yeah. there's like a little party going on. <laughs> no, you're never going to be able to hire anybody ever again. Good thing you got my replacement. <laughs> it is a concept and it's something that you have to think about because right. a coating isn't going to solve that problem. You put a coating over two dissimilar metals, you're going to have coating failure, and you're going to have corrosion. 
right? In some cases, the corrosion is going to be happening to a severe point before you ever notice it because the paint is going to be hiding it from view. And so you might just be masking the problem and then you won't know it until you have a break. And I think what Paul and I have been trying to say for the last 15 minutes or so is that tank design is very important when it comes to your corrosion control. Do I hear another topic on that? Oh, that is definitely another topic. There is an entire standard on tank design. And, And that's another reason when you think about it, when you have pipe and different couplings and everything else, usually what happens when an engineer does go down the road of dissimilar metals because there's no other reason, there's a huge rubber gasket in between the two pieces. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You run into this a lot in bolted connections. Yeah. Where like you may have all stainless steel parts put together and somebody used a carbon steel bolt between it. And now all of a sudden that's your weak point. Yeah. And that bolt that's holding the whole thing together. Just corroded. Yeah. Yep. And Don't. they try to cover that all up by paint. And we put on zinc and epoxies and urethanes and everything to try to cover it. But when it spends a winter buried in snow, mm-hmm. salt in and out on it. Mm-hmm. it's going to get through and you're going to end up with a corrosion cell there. And eventually that bolt fails. So yeah, dissimilar metals, we use them to force corrosion cells in corrosion protection with cathodic protection, with zinc-rich primers, with galvanizing. Yeah. But it also, if it's not done on purpose, can create major problems. Yep, and usually does. And to quote one Forrest Gump, that's about all I have to say about that. We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. And so, for the Carboline Tech Service Podcast, I'm Paul. And I'm Jack. And we'd, we'd like, like to, to thank, thank you for, for your support. support.